Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back to At His Feet podcast. I am excited to start another episode. I have been away for some time, a little over, oh my, it's probably been eight months. Um, I have since had a beautiful new baby. We're still traveling and I've just really been trying to get the hang of things. So, so I will say that I am back for an episode. I'm really excited to be back for an episode. I've had several that I've wanted to do in the last little bit. And I have just, you know, I had a, a Christmas episode I wanted to do and different things, but it just didn't work. And I just couldn't find the time. I couldn't carve out the time, but I should say, or I want to say that I will not be back for regular weekly episodes, probably not even every other week episodes. It will just be sporadic. And I hope that's okay with you. And if not, that's okay. (laughs) You don't have to listen, but I love that you do listen, or I love if you will continue just to follow along with me. I know that uh, if you have listened consistently, then you know that I had asked for prayer for my little boy. Um, There were some complications with his kidneys and things like that. And I just want to follow up and say that he was born absolutely perfect. We were so blessed. There was um, a complication where, you know, the cord was wrapped around his neck, which is is decently common, I think. But anyway, so so he is fine. Once he was born, his kidneys worked fine. And then an ultrasound, too, of his kidneys while we were in the hospital after having him. They said all was well. And so I just want to follow that up and say thank you for praying with me, if you prayed with me. It's been such a blessing to me to get to make new friends and acquaintances through doing this. Really have enjoyed doing, I've enjoyed this. I really enjoy this. And I appreciate every person that has listened and chooses to continue to listen. Today, we're gonna talk about a time in prayer. Very recently, it wasn't deep prayer, it was pre-service prayer and Man, something that I prayed just struck a nerve with me, if that's the right saying. And I just, it's ever since has just rang in my ears. And it's one of those things that it's a topic that I'm wanting to dive into. And so I want to talk about it with you and share it with you. But also this year I am purposing, last year I I told y'all I wanted to just you know, talk about and, and, and dig in and find out, God, who are you? I heard this saying last year and it said, or the end of, oh man, not last year. It was the end of 2020. And and it said, an unknown God cannot be trusted. And so I told y'all, I said, I want to know him because I want to trust him more than anything with everything. I want to trust him. And so that is what I did. And last year, I said, you know, I'm just going to dig in the word. And I did. And I, of course, you know, did a Bible plan. But while I was doing it, I was digging in. What is this saying about God? And what are the names? And and we did the To Know Him series last year. I did several on my own that I did not share. Maybe wasn't enough substance or or maybe I just didn't feel like sharing or whatever it was. But I, 
I dug in on that topic. And then to this year, though, I feel like I have a couple of other things that God is, is wanting me to dig into and, and to uncover. And I want, I want to know more. I want to find more. I want to go deeper. And I know you do too. So hopefully you will just come along with me. Um, let's go ahead and just get to the episode today. I'm excited to get back in the swing of things. Before I start, I just want to remind you, or maybe if this is your first episode, to just share with you that I I'm well aware that I don't know it all. I hope that I never come across that way. This is just a space for me to talk with my friends or people that I met along the way and for me to just share my heart, what God's working through me at the time and from time to time, you know, do an interview that you can listen in on. But anyways, I just want to preface this episode with that. I don't think you have to know it all to uh, talk on a subject. I don't think that you have to have it all together to have your voice be heard, I guess. But anyways, I said I would share a story first, and I will do that. I like sharing stories. Uh, So the month of December, now it's January. January, and it's flying by. It's crazy. So it's January, but in December, our family had the absolute privilege to get to have revival at my first church. So the Apostolic Church of Beaumont, if you've listened for a while, you know, or maybe you might not remember. Anyways, that's where I got the Holy Ghost when I was going there. That's when I got baptized. That's when I, um, you know, started serving in the church. That's when I just, it was so special. I walked in the doors of that church at 17 years old for the first time, and I walked out as a 23-year-old on my wedding day, May 30th, 2015. So I've almost been married for, uh, or I guess I have been married for six and a half years, which is super cool to me. It's like, it feels like it's been longer, but then it, no, yeah, I think it maybe feels like it's been longer. Three kids in, it feels like it's been longer. (laughs) Um, Obviously though, it was so special to go back and we got to stay for several weeks uh, the pastors there, the cars, I can't say enough good things about them. They're absolutely wonderful. And we just think so much of them and their kids. It was just, it was an honor. And I don't know an, a better word to say. It was just an honor to get to go and be there. Um, it was kind of like one of those full circle moments where I was getting to see old friends, getting to worship in the altars that God used to build my foundation. And probably though, the most special part was getting to pray before each service in the fellowship hall, which is also their prayer room. It brought back so many memories and prayers pray there. It's so sweet when those memories are sparked, not because they were all wonderful. I mean, no, I really went through some tough stuff there, but but because there, it was just the moments that have made me made me me. And because it made me see just how much that God's done in me and through me. And I mean, hopefully I've changed a lot. It's been six and a half years and I'm sure that you, right? Any of us, all of us, you've changed in the last six years. All of us have, or I hope we have. That's our goal is just to be more and be better and to grow. So it was just a, this full circle moment and it was super wonderful. And I just love getting to be there. My favorite part of that church is probably the elders. Man, they have some really incredible elders that have just stood the test of time and really been through it, but just 
keep serving God and were always an encouragement to me when I first came in the church, even more so now, just to look and and see them still there. It was just such a blessing to me that some people just don't change in a good way. (laughs) But anyways, one service I was praying in the prayer room and I just said, Lord of hosts, like I would any other title in exaltation of God. But when I said it, something got all over me. Like in that moment, it clicked what I was really saying. He is the Lord of hosts. Hosts, plural. We'll dig in today what this phrase means. I know it's so simple, but as simple as it is, I truthfully don't think that we think on this enough, at least me. (laughs) I think the majority of us, obviously me included, me at the forefront, don't even consider in our day today how much power that our God actually has. We call him all powerful, all seeing, all knowing, but do we get it? Do we even get it? when it comes to a practical sense. And if we do have a grasp on it, why are we not utilizing it? Why are we not regularly calling on these angels to fight on our behalf? As a super simple realization hit me, there was just this immediate deep flow of the Holy Ghost right where I was sitting. And just a side note to the young mamas, uh, Elias was bouncing in my arms, Abby was pulling on my dress in the chair next to me, and Ezra had tapped my shoulder several times to tell me something important. Important to him, at least, in that moment. You know, one of those things that just can't wait to a (laughs) five-year-old. I'm just saying it to say that prayer doesn't have to be perfect. There are plenty of times that I have left prayer, and I know probably you too, feeling a little defeated or wishing that I could really tap in and focus. And it doesn't have to be kids. You don't have to have kids to feel that. I know all of us at different times, even in my alone time, have gone to prayer desperately wanting to pray, but walking away thinking, I am so distracted today. I'm just saying it to say that prayer doesn't have to be perfect. I've probably said that too many times to count on here, but there's plenty of times that I've left prayer feeling a little defeated or wishing that I could really tap in and focus. But even with the distractions, God can move. Did I just call them distractions? Yes, I did. And sometimes that's how it feels. And I think it's okay. I can be thankful and distracted at the same time. I'm just being real. Uh, It's not always that way, but sometimes it feels that way, especially in this season. And I know it's just a season. My precious, beautiful, perfect little distractions that God has so graciously given to me. I'm so thankful, but I'm here and I'm praying and I say, Lord of hosts, just as I would say, King of kings and Lord of lords or mighty king and on and on. It just got all over me though, who I was talking to and what power he holds. It clicked in my spirit what exactly those hosts are and what exactly they're capable of. Actually, this probably started and the, the words, I've never even prayed that before. I've never even said Lord of hosts when I'm just magnifying God. But uh, a month or two before, I can't remember. No, I guess it was a month before. A month before I went to Indiana. I flew into Indianapolis and went to a minister's wife and women ministers and widowed minister's wives or widowed. Yeah, that's what you would call them. Um, 
I went to a retreat and it was so absolutely life changing for me. Well, they sang this song and it was just called Lord of Hosts. Lord of Hosts. <laughs> it's such a hard word to get out all the way. Um, anyways, they sang this song and um, people in songs have sang it. Shane and Shane has sang it or recorded it. And it was just this powerful song. And it just got stuck in my head. I'm like, man, what a song. Like, these words are just so powerful. And so I obviously looked it up later and um, listened to it probably too many times to count. And maybe that's why that just flowed out of me. What we put in flows out, right? So I've been listening to this song. And when I'm praying, I'm like, Lord of hosts. And it just comes out. And it actually hits me at that point. What I'm praying and what I'm saying. Warring angels. Angels that fight on our behalf. And so immediately I begin to pray over a situation of someone so dear to me. Mind you, I wasn't even thinking of them when I started praying. But the realization of all of this just led me to pray for them. I began dispatching angels to their home. And there was such a flow of the Holy Ghost. I prayed in that vein for quite some time under such a burden. Knowing that God was answering and angels were fighting on this person's behalf in a really desperate situation. Ephesians 6 and 12, we know it, we've heard it. I'm going to say it again because we need to hear it over and over. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Thankfully, though, as spiritual believers, we do not war alone. In the concordance, um, I use, I'll remind you or tell you again, I've said it a lot, but um, usually Blue Letter Bible I use, and I also use um, Logos.com. I, I just use it on my laptop. I haven't downloaded it or anything, but you can use it online. But the concordance is in Blue Letter Bible. So when I'm studying um, the word, I don't, or I want to know more, I want to dig in, I don't look at like Webster dictionary to find out what a word means, I look at the concordance because it goes back to the original language as much as possible, right? And so in the concordance, host usage is this. Um, The very first thing it says, it says, that which goes forth, comma, army, comma, war, comma, warfare. Two, it says, can be used to refer to a host of organized army, also host of angels. And God is the Lord of hosts, hosts, (laughs) warring angels, angel armies ready for battle. I love the part of the concordance meaning that says that which goes forth. Angel armies ready for battle. An angel army that not just sits there. They're not just sitting there, but they're on the move. That which goes forth. It is a motion. It is an action. The spirit realm is as real and as tangible as what we see in the physical. When we are under attack, it is more than just a person that we are up against. It is a lot deeper than that. I'm not one to try to over-spiritualize things, but things are often more than we can see. More than the obvious opposition. I'll quickly say again, I don't know it all, but I'm feeling God pushing me to just be more aware. To see more in the Spirit. To press for deeper things. I don't want to be shallow. You don't want to be shallow. We don't want to be surface level Christians just checking off church services on my to-do list each week like I do my Bible plan and feeling satisfied. I want more. 
this year I want more. I want to dig. I want to talk with others about their experiences and I want to have experiences for myself. I, I don't know this saying, but I've read it too many times to count like what you're looking for is what you'll see. I don't know the exact words. I'm so bad at sayings. I always just kind of remember them, but know the gist of them. But whatever it says, and you probably know it, it's basically like whatever your focus is on, that's what you're going to see. If you're always focused on the negative, you're going to see the negative. If you're always uh, focused on, you know, I think I made my point. (laughs) But anyways, I want to be focused on these things. I want to be focused on, you know, God moving in situations. I want to be focused on encounters with angels. I want to be, I mean, that sounds crazy to some people, but it's not crazy. It's, it's real. And I want to see it. I want to experience it. And when we focus on something, we'll see it. We'll see God show up in those situations. We'll see the miraculous. You know, I've seen miracles in our revivals. I've seen it. I've, we've seen, you know, visions and God spoken direct words and, but I want to see more. I'm never satisfied. And I think that's okay. I'm content. I'm happy to live for God. I'm happy in serving him. I'm content in the season that I'm in, but I'm sure you can relate. I am hungry for more and I'm not satisfied with just where I am. I want more more and more and more and whatever God is willing to show me whatever he is willing to open up to me I'm willing and you know keeping my spirit right and staying in submission and willing willing just to see more so I really had two um, Bible stories that I was going to kind of dig into but to keep this not super long I'm going to do one this week and then a whole nother one with also uh, another story next episode uh, on the same topic under the same topic so recently Ezra I promise this goes together I will get there quick um recently Ezra has taken interest in reading he's in kindergarten you know obviously we've learned all the sounds to every letter and we're reading you know three and four letter words and it's so cool uh because I am the teacher so it's like Uh, About a week or two ago, everything kind of clicked for him in school, finally. And I was so grateful. And I'm, like, excited every day to do school because he's learning new things every day. And he's excited to do it. And we are not arguing and... uh, or fighting, or, you know, if you're a homeschool mama, you kind of understand that, I hope. Um, There is some... Definitely a learning curve in it. But anyway, so he's super interested in reading. And one night he was like, Mom, I want to read my Bible. And someone, a church, had given him a Bible with his name on it. So sweet. And one to Abby, too. And he he has it, you know, on his little nightstand. And we read it from time to time. And he got it out. He said, Mom, I want to read my Bible. If I'm learning to read, I want to read my Bible. Read it to me. We have to read it together. And I'm like, of course, you know, I drop everything and we're reading. And as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, these words are not making sense to him. So I'm like translating it, you know, Um, but he wants to read the real Bible. He doesn't want, you know, his little picture book Bible that tells the stories and it's, it's cute, you know, but he doesn't want that. He wants to read a leather Bible. And so 
I message a friend and I ask her, you know, what what's this children's uh, version that you like? I remembered her mentioning it before. So she recommended the Children's International version, if I'm saying it right. Um, if you Google that, I'm sure it'll pop up. But I ordered it immediately. I got on uh, Amazon. I ordered it immediately to come in like as soon as possible. It came in and he's loving it. It's so good so far. It stays with the meaning. It doesn't change things like crazy, but it's also very easy to read and very easy to di- digest. And uh, she's actually a church planner, her and her husband. And she said that she doesn't only recommend it for children, but also uh, new converts and even reads it for herself. Uh, for understanding. So I think that's cool. Uh, I guess I'll be sneaking Ezra's little uh, children's Bible from him when my KJV gets fuzzy. I'm not KJV only, but anyways, who cares, right? Um, Anyways, so I'll be sneaking his Bible from time to time to see what that translation says. He was flipping through the pictures between pages, and he would try to read and sound out what each picture said that are just like, you know, scattered through the Bible. And he flipped to, I'd read, I'd read too many of these picture pages. And he flipped to the uh, David and Goliath page, and he's like, Mom, what's this say? I know who it is. And he's telling me and telling me the story, and he's like, but what do these words say? And I'm reading I'm reading it to him, just blah, 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 from like across the room. And it said, the Lord of hosts. That's something David said. And, and it hit me. I'm like, these are fighting words. These words that have been just rolling in my head, like these are fighting words. So you, I'm sure you know this story. Um, in short, you know, David's ends up getting sent to the battlefield to bring food. He ends up going and Goliath's there and he's challenging Israel and, you know, making a big scene. And David ends up, ends up getting in there. He uses these words in the fight against Goliath. That was his defining name for God in that moment. The Lord of hosts. I could say so much more. I mean, this story is just like full of stuff that I could say and you could say, and we've all heard a million bajillion messages preached on it. Honestly, my pastor uh, referenced this story, part of it, a week ago. Um, Abundant Life on Facebook, Abundant Life of Silsby, Texas. The message was incredible. Anyway, so my pastor, he he even referenced it like a week ago. Man, like what a story, right? There's so much we could say, but I, I feel like it would be overkill for this episode to dig into everything as I have in other times. But I did read uh, a commentary on Logos.com, and I loved what it what it said about this part. It, it said this about verse 42. It said, When two champions met, they generally made each of them a speech and sometimes recited some verses filled with allusions and epithets of the most opprobrious kind, which Probrious. What does that even mean? I had to Google it. Outrageously disgraceful or shameful. So basically, it was normal for them to come and just tell the other person, you know, just really talk a big game, right? So I'll get back to the commentary. It says it was, um, they would hurl contempt and defiance at one another. And then it says this. This is why I'm sharing it. David's speech, however, presents a striking contrast to the usual strain of these insults. It was full of pious trust, and to God he ascribed all the glory of the triumph that he anticipated. 
So he's saying that usually they would just they would just talk all this stuff, this big game. They would say all these ugly things to each other, just insult, insult, insult. But David, what he said was different than normal. He was different. We know he was different. But I'm not getting into that. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, so we know he is different. So David's approach to this fight, man, he just gives glory to God. And I want to read, though, the dialogue of that, the actual verses. Basically, I read the commentary, and we're going to go back and read the verses. It's kind of backwards, but I wanted to start out with that first. So 1 Samuel 17, 41 through 47 says this, And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him. So one, I do think this, like Goliath comes out and he has someone holding a shield for him and, and he's got all this armor and all this stuff and David comes out and he's got his little sling and his rocks and, and confidence in God. But it says this, it says, when he saw David, he disdained him. So uh, disdain, I had to look this up. I knew it in context, but I wanted to know. So basically he looked at him like he was nobody. Not a worthy opponent, not worthy of respect. So he was really looking down on him. Verse 42 goes on to say, For he was but a youth, this is about David, and ready and of fair countenance. So he was young and he was handsome, like nice to look at. So he's like, who is this kid, you know? Uh, Verse 43, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Verse 44, And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Verse 45, Then David then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Verse 46, This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee, and I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel and Verse 47, all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear for the battle is the Lord's and he will give you into our hands. So I could, I could dig into a lot, but I just want to say it simply. David didn't want the glory for the win. He fully believed that he would win and he fully gave God the glory before it even happened. David said, don't look at me, look at him. Man, if that was all of our approach in every battle, in every confrontation, in every thing that we come up against, knowing you will be victorious, but also don't look at me, look at him. Look at my God, the Lord of hosts. We see this, David knew in this glory he's giving to God, he knew any win was not by his own might. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. I don't need a sword. I don't need a spear. I don't need a shield. I need my God. I rely on my God. Those fighting words, as I've called them, reminded not only David himself, 
but his enemy, just who had his back, just who is in control, the Lord of hosts, the God of angel armies. And we'll end here. Zechariah 4 and 6. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. This was an angel that had come and given a word for the nation. But we can take it today as a word for us, as a reminder. I just want to leave you with this. Whatever battle you're facing, whatever feels heavy, whatever feels hard, it doesn't have to be carried or fought through your strength or your power. We serve the Lord of hosts. We have to let him fight for us, though. I just encourage you to let him fight for you. Pray angels to guard your home. Pray angels to war for your backslidden family. Pray angels to be dispatched into whatever your situation is. I have no way of knowing. I can't know what's going on. I can't say it or pinpoint it. But you do. And more than that, God knows. He sees you. He hears you. And He is ready to move on your behalf. The Lord of hosts. Hosts. That which goes forth warring angels ready to move in your family, ready to move in your church, in your city, in our nation, all across our world. And with the Holy Ghost, when walking in submission, we have the authority to call on them. We just have to put it into action. Next week, we will hear a little more about these hosts of angels. Second Kings chapter 6. Elijah and chariots and a story of something God spoke in a city that we were at not long ago regarding angels in their city. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.